Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved family. How are you? I'm so thrilled to be with you. I'm always, always happy when we can be together on the air. Um, And what I thought we would do today is um, go back to the Catechism. And um, we're reading from the Catechism Explained, commented by Reverend um, Spirago. And um, if you want a complete Catechism for the faith, the most magnificent one, I would get the Catechism Explained. The current Catechism is fine. This is the Catechism of Trent. It doesn't say Trent on the cover. It's the Catechism Explained, and the Catechism used is the Council of Trent, which was a doctrinal council, which means everything in there is true today. Doctrine doesn't change. Discipline, how we apply the faith, can change as long as it does not change doctrine, as long as it squares with truth. Truth cannot change. So I'd love to go back to that. Um, And let me see where we're at. Um, We're at section number five, which is the Christian faith. And since it's been such a long time since we've been in it, I'll backtrack and go to the beginning of section five. The Christian faith is the firm conviction arrived at with the grace of God that all that Jesus Christ taught on earth is true as well as all that the Catholic Church teaches by the commission she has received from him. It's all true, beloved. Um, If you're new to the program, we take your calls, your texts, your emails during the second half of the program. Um, And you're welcome to call in at any time and to email at any time, toll free, 1-877-511-5483 or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. At the Last Supper, our Lord said, This is my body, this is my blood. Although the apostles had the evidence of their senses that what lay before them was only bread and wine, yet they believed that the words of Christ were true. The holiness of the life of Christ, the numerous miracles that he worked, the predictions of his that were fulfilled, had convinced the apostles that he was the Son of God, and that therefore every word that he spoke was true. And I always think, dear ones, of how he created the world by his word. Let there be light, and there was. Um, God creates by his word, so when he picked up uh, unleavened bread at the Last Supper, which was the last Passover of the Old Covenant, unleavened bread, wheat and water, And he said over the bread, this is my body, bread obeyed, and became his body. When he picked up wine, he said also, this is my blood, and wine obeyed and became blood. They still looked like uh, matzah, unleavened bread and wine, but they were no longer, the substance was now Christ. Which is why the church calls the last supper of the old covenant, the first supper of the new Um, and the first Mass, therefore. Um, 
Let me see. God promised Abraham many descendants and then commanded him to slay his only son. Abraham obeyed because he knew that God's word must come true. This was a splendid example of faith. St. Paul calls faith the evidence of things that do not appear. Now, as I'm reading, dear ones, this is filled with scriptural references. But you'd have to um, go yourself and get the book and read it. You can also, if you have Kindle, I've downloaded it on Kindle for my little laptop, which is how I'm reading it to you, and you'll have all the references. Christian faith is at the same time a matter of the understanding and the will. Before a man believes, he inquires whether what he is asked to believe was really revealed by God. This inquiry is a duty, for God exacts us a reasonable service and warns us that he who is hasty to believe is light in heart. But when once a man has arrived at the conviction that the truth which is in question was really revealed by God, then the will must at once submit to what God has laid down, even though the reason cannot fully grasp its meaning. If the will does not submit, faith is impossible. No man can believe unless he wills to believe. Secondly, Faith is concerned with many things which we cannot perceive with our senses and cannot grasp with our understanding. Faith is a conviction respecting that which we see not, Hebrews chapter 9. We believe in God, though we do not see him. We believe in angels, though we have never seen them. We believe in the resurrection of our bodies, though we do not understand how it can be. So, too. We believe in the mysteries of the Blessed Trinity, of the Incarnation, and of the Blessed Sacrament of the Altar. This is why faith is so pleasing to God. Blessed are they, our Lord said to St. Thomas, who have not seen, but have believed. Faith never requires us to believe anything that is contrary to human reason. The mysteries of faith are above and beyond our reason, but are never opposed to reason. For God has given us our reason, and it is the same God who has given us the teaching of Christ and of the Church. He who rejects any doctrine of the Church ultimately finds himself involved in a contradiction. Hence, Bacon truly says, A theologian, Bacon, truly says, a little philosophy takes a man away from religion, but a sound knowledge of philosophy brings him back to religion. Number three, we act quite in accordance with reason when we believe, because we trust ourselves to God's truthfulness, and because we know for certain that the truths of faiths are revealed to us by God. A short-sighted man believes a man with longer sight when he tells him that a balloon is floating in the heavens. A blind man believes one with sound sight when he tells him that the map before him is a map of Europe. We believe in the existence of the cities of Constantinople, Pekin, and Buenos Aires, though we may never have seen them. In so doing, we act reasonably. But how far more reasonably do we act when we believe God? Man may be mistaken, 
or may be deceiving us, whereas God cannot err and cannot deceive us. It is the truthfulness of God on which we rely when we make an act of faith. We must, however, previously be certain that the doctrine or fact which we are asked to believe is one that has really been revealed by God. God bears witness to himself as the author of the truths of faith by many actions that he alone can perform, such as miracles and prophecies. The man of goodwill can always find a sufficient reason for believing, a man of bad will an excuse for not believing. We believe the words of Christ because he is the Son of God and can neither deceive nor be deceived. Moreover, he has established the truth of what he taught by the miracles that he worked. It would be a blasphemy to suppose that our Lord, who is truth himself, could never have in one single instance deceived us. Rather, could ever have, not never, ever. Let me repeat that. It would be a blasphemy to suppose that our Lord, who is truth itself, could ever have in one single instance deceived us. Hence, faith gives us a greater certainty than the evidence of our senses. Our senses can deceive us. God cannot deceive us. Christ himself appeals to the miracles he wrought when he says, if anyone will not believe me, let him believe the works. We believe the teaching of the church because Christ guides the church to all truth through the Holy Spirit and guards it against all error. And also because God, even up to the present day, has confirmed the truth of the teaching of the Catholic Church by miracles. Our Lord, before his ascension, said to his apostles, Behold, I am with you all days, even to the end of the world. And at the Last Supper, he said, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another paraclete, that he may remain with you forever, the Spirit of Truth. The word paraclete, paraclete, beloved, means, means another comforter. Comforter. Another comforter. But it's not just another comforter as Christ, but another comforter of the same kind, another of the same kind. And so the paraclete, um, he who would be the spirit of truth, is also God. The Holy Spirit is therefore still in the midst of the church, just as he was on the day of Pentecost. God, moreover, still works miracles in the Catholic Church, Witness the countless miracles of Lord, Lord France, and those that take place at the well of St. Winifred of Wales, and also those that must precede every beatification. Witness again the numerous bodies of the saints that have remained incorrupt for long years after their death, as those of St. Francis Xavier, St. Teresa, St. Elizabeth of Portugal, St. John of the Cross, and many others. We're going to take a break right there, beloved. We'll come back after this break, and we'll continue reading. And after the second break, we'll take your calls, your texts, your emails. Feel free to call in toll-free or text with anything on your heart. We'll be right back. 
Hello, beloved. This is Mother Miriam. How would you like to wake up each morning to inspiring sermons from knowledgeable and faith-filled priests? You can tune in to Sermons for Everyday Living every day at 6 a.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross. You can listen on thestationofthecross.com or anytime on the free iCatholic Radio mobile app. God bless you. I'm Jim Havens, host of The Simple Truth, heard weekdays at 4 p.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross Catholic Media Network. And by far the most transforming aspect of this experience was simply coming into the direct knowledge that God himself not only knew me by name, but had been paying attention to me as though I were the only creature he had ever created. That's The Simple Truth, weekdays at 4 p.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross. Are you feeling lost in a sea of overwhelm? Hi, this is Coach Felicity with Stand Tall Today Coaching Minute. Many people find themselves challenged with overwhelm. Too many things to take care of, too many people to please, too much work to do. And in spite of their best efforts, they continue to fall behind with this overwhelm coming in like a flood. But that's not the abundant life that Jesus wants you to live. That's why Stand Tall Today has experienced professional coaches that will assist you in dialing down that overwhelm. They'll help you get a grasp on where you are and to create a plan that enables you to take bite-sized steps of action so you can live an abundant life. Why not take your first step right now? Go to StandTallToday.com and find a coach that is just right for you. Because life is simply too short to stay lost in a sea of overwhelm. This is Coach Felicity with your Stand Tall Today Coaching Minute. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. We are right in the middle of um, reading Um, what is the Christian faith? And where we left off, it says we believe the teaching of the church because Christ guides the church to all truth through the Holy Spirit and guards it against all error. And also because God, even up to the present day, has confirmed the truth by the teaching of the Catholic Church by miracles and went on to speak about uh, those who are incorrupt. Um... Let me just see, um, we'll pick up here. Witness again the head of the Venerable Oliver Plunkett in the Dominican convent of Drogheda, which not only remains incorrupt, but emits the most delicious fragrance. I saw these myself in Ireland, beloved. Most of these bodies were buried in the earth for years and were found incorrupt when their graves were open. Witness again the miracle which takes place at Naples every year when the blood of San, uh, St. Januarius becomes liquid on being brought near the silver case in which the head of the saint is kept and again solidifies as soon as it is removed. Faith gives us a more certain knowledge than that which we gain through our senses or that which we arrive at by our reasoning powers. Our senses can mislead us. God cannot. A stick 
part of which is in the water, looks bent. A sound that strikes against a flat building seems to come from the opposite quarter to that which it really proceeds, to that whence it really proceeds. Our intellect, too, can deceive us. Weakened as it is by original sin, as we see better with a telescope than with the naked eye when the object is far away, so faith sees further and better than reason. We must not confuse faith with opinion. Faith is certain and sure. Opinion is not. The fourth point, the Christian faith comprises all the doctrines of the Catholic faith. He who willfully disbelieves a single doctrine of the Catholic Church has no true faith. For he who receives some of the words of Christ and rejects others does not really believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that he guides the Catholic Church. Beloved, this is so, so important. I've met numerous people who say, well, I'm Catholic and I believe what the Church teaches except on purgatory or except on this point or accept on that point or accept this moral teaching or that, then you're not Catholic. To be Catholic, you're not Catholic because you agree with the church. You're Catholic because you believe Christ established the church and promised to lead it into all truth until the end of time and the gates of hell will not prevail, which means that anything the Catholic church teaches is true. If you deny it, then you're not Catholic. Then you're a Protestant then you believe 99% of what the Catholic Church teaches, but not that, which means the Catholic Church could be wrong in its teaching. It cannot be. People are not infallible, but the Church, what our, God, what our Lord gave the Church, is infallible and true, and if you disbelieve it, you have risen higher than the Church in your own mind. Um, a faith which does not comprise all the doctrines I'm reading now of the Catholic Church is no faith at all. It is like a house without a foundation. A man who believes all other Catholic doctrines but rejects the infallibility of the Pope has no true faith. What insolence it is on the part of men to treat God like a dishonest dealer, some of whose goods they accept and others reject. What other utter folly to think that we know better than God. As a bell in which there is one little crack is worthless, as one false note destroys a harmony, as a grain of sand in the eye prevents one from seeing, so the rejection of a single dogma makes faith impossible. He who willfully rejects a single dogma sins against the whole body of doctrine of the Catholic Church. Hence, no heretic, if he is so through his own fault, can make an act of faith, even in the existence of God or the divinity of Jesus Christ. Although it is necessary to faith that all the teaching of the Catholic Church should be believed, yet it is not necessary to be acquainted with every one of our doctrines. But a Catholic must, at the very least, know that there is a God and that God directs the life of men, rewards the good, and punishes the wicked, he must also know that there are three persons in God, and that the second person of the Blessed Trinity has become man and has redeemed us on the cross. 
St. Paul tells us that he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is the rewarder of them that seek him. This was the minimum required before the coming of Christ and is now required of those who have never come within reach of the gospel. In a country where the gospel is preached, the case is quite different, and no one can be admitted to the sacraments of baptism or penance until he has been instructed in the above-mentioned truths. He who has an opportunity of being instructed must also learn and understand the Apostles' Creed, the commandments of God, and of the Church. And also he must have some knowledge of the doctrines of grace, of the sacraments, and of prayer, as set forth in some catechism authorized by the bishops of the country where he lives. Point five. Faith is a gift of God, since the power to believe can only be attained through the grace of God. Beloved, this is so important. Why don't the Jews believe? I don't know. There are a lot of Jews who do. I'm one of them. But I can't tell you why they believe, because I can't tell you why I do. Why did God open my heart? Why did he pour his grace on me to see, to believe? I don't know. Why do Catholics not live their faith? I don't know. Why do I? I don't know. I don't want, I don't want to breathe except to live the faith and love God and honor him and make him known. My only reason for existence, but God has done that in me. It's a gift. Don't ever forget that, beloved. Faith is a gift since the power to believe can only be attained through the grace of God. St. Paul tells us, in Ephesians, by grace you are saved through faith, and that not of yourselves it is the gift of God. And our Lord says, no man can come to me unless it be given him by my Father. God gives us the gift of faith in baptism. Hence, baptism is called the sacrament of faith. Until the newly baptized child comes to the use of reason, he cannot use this power of believing or make an act of faith. He is like a child who is asleep, who has the faculty of sight, but cannot use it until he opens his eyes. Then he can see the objects around him under the influence of the light. So the child who attains to reason is able to believe the truth of religion under the influence of the grace of God. God bestows the knowledge of the truth and the gift of faith chiefly on those who, first, strive after it with earnestness and perseverance. Secondly, on those who live a God-fearing life. And thirdly, on those who pray that they may find the truth. An earnest desire after truth is a sure means of attaining to it. For our Lord has said that those who hunger and thirst after justice shall have their fill. And again, God says, through the mouth of the prophet Jeremiah, you shall find me when you seek me with your whole heart. The Roman philosopher Justinus was an instance of the fulfillment of this promise, for God rewarded his earnest desire for truth by causing him to fall in with an old man on the banks of the Tiber who instructed him in the truths of the Christian faith. 
a life in accord with the law of God will also obtain the grace of faith. If anyone, says St. John, if anyone shall do the will of God, he shall know of the doctrine. To such a one God will give an interior light or will send someone to instruct him as he did to Cornelius in Acts chapter 10. So Cardinal Newman prayed for long years for the kindly light which at last brought him to the door of the Catholic Church, and the same was the case with countless other converts from Protestantism. Sometimes God in his mercy gives the gift of faith even to the enemies of the Church, as he did to St. Paul, but it is for the most part to those who are in good faith in their errors. When God bestows upon a man the gift of faith, he either employs he either employs one of the ordinary means of grace, such as preaching, or in some cases an extraordinary means, such as a miracle. The ordinary means are preaching, reading, and personal instruction. St. Augustine was converted by the preaching of St. Ambrose in the Cathedral of Milan. St. Ignatius of Loyola by reading the lives of the saints. The Ethiopian eunuch by his conversion with St. Philip. Extraordinary means are those of which we find many at the beginning of the Christian era, such as the star that the Magi followed, the light that shone upon St. Paul on his journey to Damascus, and the voice that he heard from heaven, the great cross that the Emperor Constantine saw in the sky with the words, In hoc signo vinces. I, I don't know exactly the translation. It's in this sign is salvation, something like that. The vision of Our Lady that Radisbon saw in the Church of San Andrea in Rome in the year 1842. So the heathen boy, Theophilus, was converted by the roses that fell at his feet in the month of January after the martyrdom of his playmate, Dorothea. Many men fail to attend, to attain to the Christian faith through pride, self-will, and an unwillingness to give up the indulgence of their passions. Beloved, if you fail to attain to the Christian faith, it will be through pride, self-will, and an unwillingness to give up the indulgence of your passions. It is the lack of goodwill that debars many from the faith. Our Lord is the true light that enlightens every man that comes into the world. It is the will of God that all men should come to the truth. Men too often shut their eyes to the light because they are willing to change their evil life. They love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. Pride, beloved, is also a fatal hindrance to faith. God loves to make use of simple means to bring men to the knowledge of the truth, and this the proud resent, just as Naaman resented Elias' advice to go and wash in the Jordan. There's the music for our second break, beloved, and when we come back, um, we'll take your calls, your texts, your emails. 
uh, with anything whatsoever on your heart. It does not have to be what we're speaking about. We'll be right back. I worked in pro baseball for a long time, and we play on Sundays. And it was an easy excuse. Uh, I took the easy out and just didn't go to Mass. Got caught up on that whole selfishness, that whole, you know, um, I can do it all. The times when I was struggling were the times I needed God the most. And now that uh, I've come back and accepted God, my world has completely changed. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for any reason, visit catholicscomehome.org today. This is Franciscan Media's Saint of the Day for January 11th. Today we celebrate Blessed William Carter. Born in London, William entered the printing business and served as an apprentice to well-known Catholic printers, one of whom served a prison sentence for persisting in the Catholic faith. William himself served time in prison for printing so-called lewd pamphlets. In fact, they were books that upheld the Catholic faith. William went on to offend officials by publishing works aimed at keeping Catholics firm in their faith. When they went to his home, they found various vestments and books that gave them the justification they sought to keep him in prison and torture him. Eventually, William was charged with printing and publishing The Treatise of Schism, a document that allegedly incited violence against Queen Elizabeth I. Only later was it found that the book was in fact written by a traitor and addressed to traitors. It took the jury only 15 minutes to reach a guilty verdict against William Carter. He made his final confession to a priest who was being tried alongside him and was martyred the following day, January the 11th, 1584. There's more about the saints along with inspiration and Catholic resources at our website, saintoftheday.org. From Franciscan Media, this has been Saint of the Day. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. This is our whole half hour together. And I'm thrilled uh, that we could be together. Our lines are wide open. The toll-free number is one 511 5483 And you may text at that number as well or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can call in anonymously as well. Not at, You can write or call in anonymously anytime. We have a text from Amanda. Amanda says, Hello, Mother. My name is Amanda. My husband and I are the only Catholics in our families. We have been Catholic for 12 years, but have attended the Latin Mass for three years. Our families are not in support of this because of the ways it has changed us. Now, let me just say up front, however, um, being confirmed more deeply in the faith and loving the faith evermore, uh, it will change your behavior. It will change your lifestyle, but it should make you um, love more, love your family more, be more compassionate to them. Amanda says, we homeschool. 
We dress modestly. We will not go to a family member's house because they live with a girl they are not married to. We don't do anything on Sundays, etc. It distresses them greatly, and some are not speaking to us now. My question is, how do we keep the peace and move forward? I appreciate you so very much, Mother. God bless you. Thank you, Amanda. Well, the peace has to be the peace of Christ in your heart, even though it's a grievous situation. Your peace doesn't come from circumstances. It comes from knowing God is in control of all things and has graced you enormously with being the only Catholics in your family, which means you are missionaries to your family by how you love and how you live. They're critical of you for how you live, but be sure that you're loving to them and try to criticize uh, nothing if you don't have to. Just answer their questions. Don't criticize the way they dress. Don't criticize what they do or don't do. Don't do that. Just be loving to them and live your faith. Don't let pride set in. Don't let any form of superiority send in, set in. Um, just be loving and know that you've received a tremendous gift from God that he has not set on the rest of your family or the, or the ability to receive that grace. So be loving as you can. And um, uh, when you say you don't do anything on Sundays, I don't know um, what that includes. You can certainly visit family on Sunday. They can visit you. You can go on picnics, just spend family time together. That's a a perfect day to do that, actually. So I, I don't know what that comprise that would be comprised of with your family, but make sure that if you don't do something such as go to a family member's house because a man and woman are living together who are not married, get together with them privately, call them, set up a meeting, say, can we come and speak with you or can I come and speak with you and go have lunch with them or something and say, um, you know, God has given us the gift of a deeper faith and we believe that the Catholic Church is God's church and that everything he says is true, and that those living together outside of a true marriage are living in fornication, and there's no heaven for them. And if you die in your state, you will be in hell. And we're not giving you our opinion. This is awful for us to tell you, but we won't love you if we don't tell you the truth. And say it lovingly. Say it that it hurts you as much to say it as it may hurt them to hear it. And don't worry about the response. Don't fight. Don't argue. Um, But you must speak the truth. Otherwise, you are withholding from them the treasure that God has given you. So keep the peace by moving forward. Yes, uh, live your life as you're living it, but try to help your family to be missionaries to your family and always speak the truth in love. Never criticize them. Just live in the midst of them. Uh, That's what God had Israel do. He had all of Israel live in the midst of the pagan nations to be a peculiar people, and that the nations surrounding them would look and say, why are you, you have your liturgy, your dress, your food, your manners, your customs, everything is different. Why are you so different? And Israel would give them witness to the true God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That's what you should do with your family.
We have uh, Dan from Massachusetts um, on the line. Hello, Dan. Are you there, dear brother? Dan, I don't hear you, sweetheart. I'm going to go um, on uh, to to another email, and uh, when you're back on the line, we'll take your call. Um, we have an email from Vivian who says, Dear Mother Miriam, thank you for all the good that you do. I have a quick question for you, one that I'm actually asking for a friend. What are the books that helped you the most coming from Judaism to Christianity? May God continue to bless you abundantly, Vivian. Well, in my when I came from Judaism to Christianity, um, I went into Christian evangelical Protestantism uh, before 18 years before I was Catholic. And a book that is very, um, very, very good is written by Edith Schaefer called Christianity is Jewish. Um, Mere Christianity by um, um, C.S. Lewis, Mere, M-E-R-E, Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis is outstanding. Uh, Christianity is Jewish by Edith Schaefer. And I would go ahead and venture a book by a Jewish convert to the Catholic faith, Roy Shoman, um, Salvation is from the Jews. I would, I would recommend those three. I'm going to see if Dan is on the line. Dan, are you there? No, I don't know what the problem. James, are you there? Oh, you are? Okay, good, good, okay. There was something wrong technically, so they're trying to get Dan back. We have an email from Anne. Uh, Dear Mother Miriam, as you know, Joe Biden is a fake Catholic. No such thing as a fake Catholic. You're either Catholic or you're not. There are no fake Catholics. There are those who think they're Catholic if they're fallen away and they're not Catholic. Or, again, if they've been baptized Catholic, they're Catholic, but they're, they've turned from God and are in mortal sin. So, separated from God. A real Catholic separated from God by sin. My husband and I, Anne says, witnessed him receiving Holy Communion at his parish church in the summer of 2019. Well, I've witnessed that by video ever since. It's nothing but a show to him. Uh, well, I cannot say what, it's, what it is to, um, to Joe Biden. I can't judge his heart. I, we are to judge actions, but we don't know someone's heart. Um, and it is a scandal. Indeed, it is a scandal. I called the Chancery Office a short time later and asked a priest why the bishop permits him to receive Holy Communion since Biden is a strong supporter of abortion, same-sex marriage, and transgenderism. And he responded, the priest responded, we do not want to cause a second scandal by denying him Holy Communion. Anne says, I was so taken aback. Hold on a second. Hold on. I was so taken aback and responded, then you are more interested in saving face than saving souls, and politely ended the call. I wish you had spoken, been able to speak to the the bishop directly, dear one, or met with the bishop. A phone call doesn't do it. Um, Let me see now. Our new bishop also permits this scandal. I've tried many times to email. I've sent letters and called his office regarding um, this scandal, but I get crickets. I feel a majority of the bishops would rather bow to Caesar, the government, than bow to God. If you have time, I would love to hear from you. 
Take care, and God bless you always. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Thank you. Sincerely, Anne. Anne, dear, um, I agree with you fully. It's an awful scandal that the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops have voted to allow um, Joe Biden to receive communion, to allow public sinners to receive communion. It's a terrible scandal, and the the bishops and priests who allow this will be accountable to God because they're in grave sin, and you're very right. They could care less for Joe Biden's soul or anyone else's soul when they allow that. What do you do? Um, I agree with you. We are in this time that the prophets declared we would be in. Um, many have turned from God. They've either turned from God um, and do no, no longer care for souls, or they're afraid and cowardly, which is also a grave sin for a, an, an altar Christus, a bishop or priest of the church who is to be another Christ and give his life for the sheep. Dan, are you on the line now? I am, Mother. Oh, good, Dan. Good, sweetheart. Um, good to hear from you. Do you have uh, a question? Thank you. Sure. Well, you, you know, um, actually I do. I, I just really briefly um, um, wanted to tell you, number one, uh, in this sign, thou shalt conquer, was oh, yes. the translation of the Latin that you said. Thank you. Um, it rings 100% with me. I just couldn't put the thoughts together. Um, that is what uh, Clementine, not Clementine, but, uh, Constantine saw in the sky. In this sight, in Latin, but it, it does translate it, in this sign thou shalt conquer, and it was the sign of the cross. God bless you, Dan, for calling in with that. Thank you, dear. Oh, that's, that's fine. I'm, I'm, I'm new to the church. I'm joining this year. Um, I'm taking the, the courses, and I just wanted to thank you for being a voice of, um, you know, uh, morality, um, and faith in the church and all your listeners, because, um, you know, the, the, the parish that I'm in has a lot, to, in my opinion, has a lot to be desired in terms mm-hmm. of the education they're providing. Although mm-hmm. I'm trying to supp- uh, supplement it with some of the, the sites that you've given me, some of the readings, um, you know, fish eaters is one I'm, I'm looking Good. at a lot um, to try and, and build my, my knowledge about it. And I, I guess if I had one really quick question, um, I read, um, I read the morning prayer where it references praying to, uh, unite the faiths. And I'm wondering what the take is because it really feels to me that in this day and age and all we see you speak about in your show, uh, is, is a, just such an incredible battle that what is the church's position on possibly in some way, and I I don't know how this would happen, but uniting the face to come together to address this evil that we see in the world. Dan, I don't believe that. I don't pray that to unite the faith because our Holy Father is striving for that to bring Muslims and Jews and Christians of every stripe together. To me, it's, I'm just going to say it straight out, um, it would please the devil to do that. Um, You can't unite the faiths. There's no unity except in truth. 
And in order for the faith to be united, every single soul would have to become Catholic. That's the only way for true unity, otherwise it's a sham. If the Catholic faith is true, if it is indeed the church our Lord established, which as I said earlier, he promised to lead us into all truth till the end of time, and the gates of hell will not prevail. If it is the truth, the only way for unity is for everyone to come into the truth, into the church, the one church our Lord established on earth, and be Catholic. It's the only way for unity. Otherwise, you have uh, you you have the destruction of the faith when you bring uh, different faiths together under some pretext of unity. Understood. Understood. Thank you for the wisdom, Mother, and thank God you for bless you, my brother, for your voice. And we'll pray. Uh, take a look and see if there's a Latin church in your area, and, and and maybe you could visit that as well, and the priest could help you. God bless you, my brother. Call in any time, and we'll have you in our prayers. Join the Station of the Cross every Saturday morning at 9 after the 8 a.m. Holy Mass and Sunday afternoons at 2 for a teaching episode on the Catechism of the Catholic Church. You'll learn the essential and fundamental content of our Catholic faith and morals in a complete and concise way with clarity and charity. That's Saturday mornings at 9 and Sunday afternoons at 2 here on the Station of the Cross, Catholic Media Network, and the free iCatholic Radio mobile app. As a nonprofit lay organization financially independent from your diocese, our apostolate is listener supported. Through your generosity, we are able to inspire countless listeners with the gospel message and help lead them to a parish to be spiritually nourished by the sacraments. The Station of the Cross thanks our supporters who have enabled us to broadcast Catholic programs for more than 20 years. Thank you for your continued support and may God bless you and your family. Come to the St. Thomas More House of Prayer and discover the prayer that will change your life. The St. Thomas More House of Prayer is a Catholic retreat center dedicated to praying and promoting the Liturgy of the Hours, the prayer of the Church. The Liturgy of the Hours is prayed each day, starting with the Office of Readings at 5.30 a.m. and ending with night prayer at 8 o'clock p.m. So whether you're an individual or a group, schedule your visit today. Go to liturgyofthehours.org or call 814-676-1910. That's 814-676-1910. We would love to help you experience the Liturgy of the Hours and discover the prayer that will change your life. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. I am live, and um, I'm thrilled to be with you. We have 10 minutes now left to the hour, and you're welcome to call in. Our lines are wide open, 
<clears throat> with anything on your heart, toll free, one 511 Text at that number as well, um, or email at mother at the station of the cross.com. We have an email from someone who's writing in anonymously and says, Hi, Mother Miriam. Thank you again for your show and all that you do. <clears throat> Excuse me. I love the questions and topics you bring up. Some topics are not always so easy to talk about, but I always love hearing your insight. I was listening to your recent show where a father wrote in about their son being homosexual and the father not knowing what to do. I am happily married, so this does not pertain to me, but I felt compelled to ask you. Have you ever heard of, heard of or had a show on helping those who believe they are gay, want to be a part of the church, but don't know where to get help? Meaning, are there any Catholic resources out there where family members can get support for their friends or families? who find themselves in this situation. Absolutely. And we have talked about it, and we have given out the resource. Courage is the number one um, resource in the Catholic Church for those who believe themselves to be gay and would like assistance or family members of. Um, uh, this woman says, I've read many stories, but she hasn't identified a woman or man. This person says, I've read many stories and testimonials on how they believe their sexual orientation was connected to heavy metal toxicities from vaccines, the tampering of our foods, the body not being able to get rid of these heavy metals, as well as the body's inability to absorb the right nutrients for proper development due to these toxins and gut issues. I've also read how some people have had traumatic sexual abuse, sexual abuse happen to them, which has caused them confusion toward their sexuality. The latter part, uh, I've come across quite often. The first um, food and toxicities, I've never heard that before. I don't say it's not true. I've just not come across it. The things children are being exposed to today is heart-wrenching. I agree with you. I'm traumatized reading what the public schools are handing out as education to these kids. You should be traumatized. I wish parents were enough traumatized to get their children out of public school. Um, I cannot even imagine how it must feel for a child being exposed to these things. What will happen to the next generation? <clears throat> Maybe there is another resource out there not widely discussed to help those who find themselves in a similar situation as the parent who recently wrote to you about their son. Have you ever heard of such a thing? May God bless you, and may you have a wonderful, blessed Christmas. Thank you, whoever you are that wrote that. Um, I would go to Courage, that apostolate, um, for assistance in homosexual matters, um, but again, I would absolutely protect your children. When you stand before God, I've said this many times, it is not the schools nor the church who will be accountable, accountable for the nurturing growth and knowledge of your children. Children are a stewardship of God. The parents, children are given to parents to raise in the knowledge and admonition of the faith. And if parents decide to turn their children over to the world for a education strictly of books, 
they are abandoning their vocation because the, the teachers, even in a Catholic school, for the most part, will not have the parents' values. And the children are going to be thrown into a foreign world, and you're expecting them at a young age to have the scope and the wisdom to sort these things out and to know what's true and not, and to know what morals are right and not. And to have the courage and the conviction when may, they may be the only ones in their public school class that think otherwise. So it's you, parents, you send your children to public schools, you're doing them great, great harm. If you send your children to Catholic schools that have sex education, you are ruining your children. If they discuss gender, ideology, and all of that, you are ruining your children. If they allow immodesty and bad behavior and language, you are sending your children into the fire and you are abandoning your vocation. So homeschooling, being a true Catholic family and anyone with a particular problem, um, go to Courage. Uh, Also, uh, you can see a a very good psychologist. Uh, If if you can find one, um, that would be very good as well. Um, We have an email from Rob, and Rob says, Mother, would you please consider doing something on St. George? I hope you and the sisters had a good holiday. I always await for your shows. They hold me together. Peace, Rob. God bless you, Rob. I tell you what, uh, someone asked that in in the past as well, and I hadn't put that together, but I'm looking at a very wonderful Catholic website, and you need to know about it, catholic.org. Deacon Keith Fournier, who is a very holy uh, soldier for Christ, Um, and he's here in the Diocese of Tyler, and I'm honored to be here in this diocese with him, Um, and he oversees Catholic.org, and on that um, website is an entire explanation of St. George, whose feast day is April 23rd. He's the patron of England and Catalonia. He died in 303, canonized by Pope uh, Gelasius I. Um, And it says, it is uncertain when St. George was born, and historians continue to debate to this day. However, his death date is estimated to be April 23rd. Uh, 3003 AD, the first piece of evidence of George's existence, George's Saint George's existence, appeared with the works of the Bolandists Daniel Paperbrock, Jean Boland, and Godfrey Henschen's Bibliotheca Hagiographa. Um, I'm not going to repeat all the words. George Saint George was one of several names listed in the historical text, and Pope Galatius claimed George was one of the saints whose names are justly reverenced among men, but whose actions are known only to God. George, now I see his picture, he's always on as a shining knight slaying the dragon. George was born to Geroncius and Polychronia, a Roman officer and a Greek native of Lydda. Both were Christians from noble families. And the Anici and George um, uh, was raised to follow their faith. When George was old enough, he was welcomed into Diocletian's army. By his late 20s, St. George became a tribunus and served as an imperial guard for the emperor at Nicomedia. 
On February 24th, 303 A.D., Diocletian, who hated Christians, announced that every Christian the army passed would be arrested and every other soldier should offer a sacrifice to the Roman guards. Gods, uh, small g. George refused to abide by the order and told Diocletian, who was angry but greatly valued his friendship with George's father. When George announced his beliefs before his peers, Diocletian was unable to keep the news to himself. In an effort to save George, Diocletian attempted to convert him to believe in the Roman gods, offered him land, money, and slaves in exchange for offering a sacrifice to the Roman gods, and made several other offers that George refused. Finally, after exhausting all other options, Diocletian ordered George's execution. In preparation for his death, George gave his money to the poor and was sent for several torture sessions. He was lacerated on a wheel of swords and required resuscitation three times, but still George did not turn from God. He was finally decapitated and his body sent to Lita for burial. And he's honored to this day as a martyr. Thanks, dear Rob, for asking.